Blog Talk Radio. And why do I say that? Because after 46 years and teaching you morons for 23 years, you want to take the easy way out. Because you think life is a journey. That is horseshit. Life's a journey if you're a moron and you're retarded. That's why, you know, that's what, that's what you've done with the life up here to four. It's been a journey. And how good is the fucking journey? You tell me. Wouldn't you have rather, when the first time you went out with somebody that you thought you were in love with, thought as I'm talking to you today from the subject, the power of a made-up mind. Repeat the subject after me. The power, the power of a made-up mind. Made mind. This church, this ministry are a school. The power of a made-up mind. The text is found in Psalm 57 and 7. Repeat it after me as I shall read it. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. I will quote from Reverend Ike, the seventh chapter and the fourteenth verse. Repeat it after me. If you want to be something, to do something, or to have something, first, get it in your mind. Make it up in your mind. First. For a moment, I would like to use a bit of what they taught me in the theological cemetery, I mean seminary, and pay homage to just a bit of homiletics and hermeneutics. Homiletics being the science and the art of delivering a religious address. Hermeneutics, the science of scriptural interpretation. The word heart, as used in the scripture we just read, my heart is fixed, indicates the deeper mind, the subconscious level of mind, where thoughts, moods, attitudes, and ideas settle down and determine your destiny. So then the heart is the deeper mind, the subconscious level of mind, where your thoughts, moods, attitudes, ideas, and beliefs settle down, and from there they determine your destiny. The scripture goes on to say, my heart is fixed. The word fixed here indicates 
settled in the mind. Fixed indicates the state of having a matter made up in the mind. Now here is a statement that I want you to latch on to. Because it is something that every one of you have and some of you may not be aware of it and I want to make you aware of it. Here it is. You have the God-given power to make up and create in your mind whatever good you desire. I'm going to put it in the first person and have you repeat it after me. I'm not interested in simply an intellectual exercise in my messages. I want to impress this upon your subconscious soul. There is a lot of purposeful repetition. Repeat this after me, please. I have. I have. And I want you to say it with your hands, with your voices. That alerts your subconscious mind that there's some good stuff coming that you want it to catch. I have. I have. The God-given power. The God-given power. To make up. To make up. To create, to create in my mind, in my mind whatever, good whatever good I desire. I desire. I want you to think of this making up of the mind and making up something in the mind in a sense of making up dough to make biscuits or cookies or whatever. I'm going to repeat this again with you. And this time I want you to call your name. Instead of saying I, if your name is Susie Jones, I want you to say Susie Jones. If it's Henry Brown, I want you to call your name. And then follow it with this statement. I, I call your name. I have the God-given power. To make up, to create, in my very own mind, whatever good I desire. Now here's another statement, just listen to this. Once you make up, fix, and settle what you want in your mind, then the God in you will bring it to pass. As a person, it is your business to make up, to fix, to settle what you want in your mind. This is so important. Too many people complain, Oh, Reverend, I'm not getting anything out of life. Well, what have you made up in your mind? Ladies and gentlemen, you're only going to get out of life what you make up your mind to have. I spoke in Los Angeles some years ago at the Scottish Rite Auditorium on this subject. And a couple of young men saw me on the street the next day and said, Oh, Reverend Ike, that was some good stuff you talked about yesterday. And as soon as we get some money, why, we can do that. <laughs> Let me give you a shocker. It doesn't cost 
one cent to make up your mind. Say that with me. It doesn't cost one cent to make up your mind. You can be penniless, as my mother would say, as poor as Job's turkey. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, things begin to happen the moment you make up your mind. The power of a made-up mind is the power of God in you. And you turn on the power of God in you by making up your mind. I said a moment ago that I could have still been in South Carolina sitting on a log in the woods saying, poor black me. I've told you time and time again. My mother taught school in one room, seven grades. I and my mother walked to school every day four miles. And four miles back, she got the princely sum of $65 a month. I remember one time my mother showed me $700 cash that she had saved over the years. I don't know how she did it. But she had made up her mind. I'm tired of walking these four miles to school every day and back for just $65 a month. And she took me in those $700, went to the next big town, which was Savannah, Georgia, and ordered concrete blocks and built a store in the front yard. And she operated that store until she passed on. But where did that begin? It began when she made up her mind that she wanted to do better. Many days as we walked those dusty and sometimes muddy roads, people would pass in their cars and splash mud on us. Busting was not an issue in those days. <laughs> they rode the bus and left the walking to us. <laughs> and you know I'm not a racist. I'll have to say this if somebody's here for the first time. I'm not a racist. The only color I have any respect for is green. And if you get enough of that, people won't care what color your face or anything else is. Anyway, I could have cursed those people riding in those cars. I could have become a rabid racist. Walking those dusty, muddy roads was when I made up my mind. That's where all of my Rolls Royces began. <laughs> While I didn't have a penny, ladies and gentlemen, hear this. Everything begins with a made-up mind. Say that with me. 
Everything begins with a made-up mind. I challenge you, I dare you sitting here today. I don't care what you've got, what you haven't got, or what your condition may or may not be. Make up your mind about something right now while you're sitting in this seat. You don't like where you're living? Right where you sit and make up your mind, I'm moving. <laughs> you need some more money? Right there sitting in your seat, make up your mind, I'm going to have some money. And don't equivocate about it and mess around about it. Lord, if it's your will, give me some money. Lord, if it's your will, help me make up your mind. Money and everything else is first of all made up where? In the mind. My favorite scripture in the Bible that I perhaps quote more than any other is from Paul in the 12th chapter of Romans. Be you transformed. How? by the renewing of your mind. Everything begins with a made-up mind. I challenge you, ladies and gentlemen, nothing can stop the power of a made-up mind because the power of a made-up mind is the power of God. I want to repeat that again and have you repeat it after me. The power of a made-up mind, made mind is the power of God. God in you is your power of creation and God in you creates for you according to what you have made up, settled and fixed in your mind. Therefore, make up your mind to have health, happiness, love, success, prosperity and more money. Make up your mind right now. Over the years, I've told you this true story and it's worth running by you several times a year about the lady who was sick for many years, an invalid. Her husband took her to all kinds of doctors, took her to many healers, might have even sit and got the prayer cloth if I had been around. This was long ago. I wasn't around in the flesh then. She didn't get any better. Her husband worked every day and came home every night and left her in bed and found her in bed. One day when he came home, he found her switching in the kitchen. He said, my God, honey, what happened? Did you take that new medicine from that new doctor? No. Did you say those new prayers? No. He said, my God, honey, what happened? She said, well, I was just laying in bed just feeling bad and just hurting and sick as I can be and you had done everything. I'd done everything I knew how to do. I prayed all I knew how to pray. And she said, I just finally opened my mouth wide and yelled out, oh, hell, I'm well. And she said, I just flung those covers back and jumped out of bed. Now, I know some of you are not used to this kind of praying, but you see, I pray like that. What a healing prayer. Oh, hell, I'm well. There's some of you. All right, all right.
right, how everybody doing tonight? Welcome to the Bun Bay Show. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Bun Bay Show. And hopefully everybody had a good weekend. I don't know if y'all can hear me. Um, can y'all hear me out there? I got a new mic, a different mic. My other one, I couldn't get it to come on. I don't know what's going on, dead or whatever. But I had to try something new. So I just want to wonder if everybody can hear me. Or am I fake or something? Am I low, high, what? Is somebody in the chat? I got somebody in the um, call line. Could you press one or something if you can hear me? Anyway, I'm going to go ahead. Um, yeah, like I said, welcome to the Burn Bay Show. I hope everybody had a good weekend. Um, um, and a good start of the week, Monday. Um, I was actually out, outside looking up in the sky. Um, planet the line, but I couldn't see it. I don't have a telescope or anything. I meant to go out and get one today. I thought I had some binoculars, but I couldn't find them. So, you know, it is what it is. So, um, at the end of the day, <clears throat> I just take it as it comes. Do me a little meditating tonight. Um, take me a little spiritual bath. You know, catch me some of that, that wisdom coming in. Some of that positive energy coming in to the ancestors sending down today, tonight, rather, whatever. Um, but tonight what I'm going to talk about is um, just basically knowing yourself um, and how hard it is to look at yourself or uh, how surprised you will be about how much you don't know about yourself. Um, 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 uh, it's like, you know, somebody can ask you a question like, who are you or what do you want or what do you want out of your life? And... You might, you know, you might can't tell them. You know what I'm saying? But the, the, the uh, get to knowing, get to knowing yourself. Um, some reasons. I did. I was reading a little something this little thing, and it was saying the benefits of knowing yourself. And first of all, it said happiness. Um, expressing your desires will make you more likely to get what you want when you're happy. Then you know. You know what you want. You know what makes you happy. You know what I'm saying? If somebody would ask you a question like, what would make, what makes you happy? I mean, you could say money. Yeah, but we're talking about just, you know, just basic stuff like, you know, what makes you happy besides that? Because that's a common thing. This, I'm, I'm talking, we're talking about personal. Like, what makes you happy? What really, you know, makes you smile? What makes you, you know, feel good inside besides having money? Oh, that makes everybody feel good. And um, it says, less in a conflict. When your outside actions are in occurrence with your inside actions, feelings and values, you experience less in a conflict. And I understand that if you get your conscious in line with your outside, or your, not, not really, I can't say that, you got to get your outside in line with your conscious. Um, you know how to say, um, what uh, that what's below is above or what's above is below kind of something like that 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 um that same kind of like the same thing um you will have less inner conflict if you you know if you get your inner conflict that means your in inside your outside won't conflict with your out, inside because your inside your consciousness is always doing the it really does what you allow it to do i mean you can control it or put it in a control. You know what I'm saying? Through meditation, 
uh, seeing your information and just thinking. But I I've been trying to do, it, and it's hard. It's hard to. I mean, I I really never had a problem with um like getting anything I wanted. But now that I just I try to control my mind and try to think about different things, it makes me wonder about a lot of things. Like it makes me it put me more on point with my with my inside. I guess. Um, I don't want to say it, it makes me doubt more, but I don't know. It just makes me think more about different things. Like, you know, it, it kind of, no, nah, I'm going to say doubt, but it makes me question myself a little more. Like, at one time, I could I could just do something. Like, now I'm thinking about it. But I guess it's good, though, because, I mean, you kind of uh, looking looking ahead on, you know, you're just not jumping in, jumping in anything. So I guess that's good, too. And also, also it says when you get to know yourself, you'll make better decisions. You, you, I mean, you'll you'll make better decisions, better choices about everything, even small decisions, big decisions, even small decisions like what to wear. You know, some people have a problem putting. I mean, finding what to wear. They change over a thousand times. I know a girl, man, listen, hours, hour least we're gonna take her to get this. I mean, just stuff like that. You know, making up your mind on. You know, little stuff like that. And also, um, if you have a problem, you know what I'm saying, deciding what, what, what sweater to wear, can you imagine the problem you go through just trying to figure out who you're going to be with? You know what I'm saying? Especially if you know a lot of people. I'm not saying you out there doing it like that, but if you know a lot of people and you're not really exclusively dating anybody, you might have been involved. I'm not saying involved. You might mess with a couple of guys or girls or whatever. It's hard. If you can't. If you a hard decision like this, it's still gonna be hard for you to do it. Plus, if you know who you are, you get to know yourself better. You'll know who you are, so you'll make it, it'll be more than likely you'll make a better decision than you would if you you know you don't know who you are. So if you don't know who you are, nine times out of ten, the person that you're your partner, you don't know who they mean. I mean, you you you've seen some things that. You know, but you, you know, you don't know yourself, so you're not sure. You're like, oh, no, it didn't change, or da, da, da. But we all get the morning signs at the beginning, you know, whether somebody writes for us or not. Right from the beginning, like, it, it don't take um, two years to find out. I mean, you know, you already knew. You already knew what it was. And also, by getting on yourself, you have better self-control. You know what I'm saying? You understand what motivates you, and, and you understand what what bad habits and stuff to, you know, you know how to uh, cut out the bad habits. But what I say, your old habits, you, you can resist them a little bit more and replace those bad things with good things in your life to help you move forward instead of just keep spinning the same old wheel and you're not moving anywhere. Like, you know, like a like a, 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 a hamster in a, in a cage on a little wheel, like you just spin, 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 spin. It ain't going nowhere. And it ain't making no electricity either. So, you know, it's really... I guess just exercise for them. For us, we don't want to spin our wheels as far as I think it. We want to go ahead, make a decision, and make the right decision. And by knowing yourself more than likely, you'll make the right decisions in your life. Also, self-control. You'll have better self-control. You'll understand, you know, what also what motivates you and what, you know, same thing. I think I said this before. And you'll be, you know, resisting resistant to social pressure. When you ground it, and you know, you know yourself, you know your values and, and your preferences, you least likely to say yes when you really want to say no. 
You know what I'm saying? You won't be drug in by the uh, 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 somebody else. You know, like influence. That's the word I'm looking for. You won't be influenced by other other people's decisions because you know who you are. You know if you you know you draw a line right there, you're not going to do that. Don't let somebody drag you into something that you don't want to do. But by knowing yourself, it's, it'll be easier for you to you know say, no, that's not me. I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Then you'll cause yourself a lot less problems down the road too. Because usually when when you so when you follow the leader, somebody gonna follow you. You gonna follow somebody right, you know, to the bottom of the hill. And that ain't where you want to be. You know what I'm saying? So I just say just everybody get to know themselves, and we gonna take a little more time in in doing that. And also tolerance and understanding of others. So your awareness of your own weaknesses and struggles will help you emphasize with other people. It'll help you understand when somebody's going through something. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't never really look at yourself and, and really realize, you know, what what makes you strong, what makes you weak, then you really won't see it in other people. I mean, you you won't never be, you know, have, you know, give somebody something. When somebody's feeling bad, you don't know how to, you know, give them a pick-me-up. What they say. Now, I'm a kind of guy like this. My man says, if, if, if somebody's feeling bad, if they talk to you for five minutes, you'll make them laugh. But I don't see it. I don't really see that in myself, but it is what it is. And sometimes I do, but most of the time, no. It's not just regular talk. Um, and it's a reality and pleasure. Being who you truly are helps you feel more alive. Makes you experience life richer, larger, and more exciting. And I believe that too. Make you feel good. Make you feel good about yourself. And it's their values. Values are guides to decision making and motivation, motivation, motivative for goals. Values. Yeah, I mean, your values. What you value. I mean, you know, just like um, I was listening to um, Jessica and Taser show, and they were speaking about um, writing stuff down. Uh, like if if you wanna you know whatever you want write it down. If you wanna eat amount of dollars, get your empty check and write that amount on the check a specific amount. See that's my problem. I I kind of when I be doing it, I be I don't know if I want a hundred thousand, I want a million dollars. I mean to be sure for myself, it might change back and forth, but I need to be more precise. I need to get in there have it. But I'm practicing, so I'm moving forward. I know I am, but I can tell from when I started to now that it's getting a little easier for me to put myself in the in the in the place where I need to be. Like Reverend Ike said, I want to get that feeling. That feeling, that feeling. That feeling. In a dream. Make yourself get that feeling. Once you get that feeling, then you got something, then you done tapped into something. And um temperance. Um that means your I guess it says your inborn preferences. Your inborn preferences. Do you like being alone? Do you like being with people? Are you a planner? Or are you a go with the flow type person? Do you make decisions more based on feelings or thoughts? Thoughts and facts? Or do you prefer just details or big ideas? Temperament. Hmm, I like that. Your in your if say your inborn, but that means stuff you're going with. Like, you know, some people like to be alone. 
Some of people like to do it around the crowd. Some people, you know, they can kind of do both. Uh, me, I feel like I'm going to kind of do both kind of person. Because sometimes I like being around people, but sometimes I like just being on myself. You know what I'm saying? And me, I'm the type of person, if I be around somebody every day, I'd get, I'd be wanting to get away from them. Like, I don't know. It's just me. I just like to do that myself sometimes. I just chill. But, you know, it is what it is. Everybody's everything. But I, I'm working on myself. So, you know, I'm a work in progress. And it's a around the clock activity. Um, refer to when you like to do things. You know what I'm saying? Are you a morning person? like do stuff at night? I mean, you know, do you like to stay up late and do stuff, or do you like to, you're early riser, you like to get up early in the morning? I used to be an early riser, but now I don't know. I don't, I don't get up too early. I work a lot. I work hard. By the time I get off work and I got coleslaw and tartar sauce and cut potatoes and do this and do that for the next day, I be worn and torn, and I just, I like to go to bed. Late, I don't go to bed too late, but I don't like to get up early either. Man, if I got to, though, I will. I do whatever I got to do, I guess. You know what I'm saying? It makes things happen. Life, meaning, life mission and meaningful goals. Now, this right here is probably what everybody struggles with. I mean, you know, what your goals is. What What do you want in your life? I mean, besides, you know, the what anybody can say. I mean, what do you want people to say about you if you go away? I mean, if you pass away. I mean, what do you want to leave? What do you want to leave behind? What do you, I mean, or not even that. What do you see yourself, where do you see yourself from where you are now five years? You know what I'm saying? And it's hard for people to even look that far ahead. But at the end of the day, we know we're living in the moment, but at the end of the day, you should be able to, just like you visualize yourself having money, then you know it's not going to come tomorrow. So how? Or what? how do you see it happening? Like, you know, you got to write out a plan for all of this stuff. I mean, I know everybody wants it, but how are you going to get it? It's not just going to pop in your hand. I mean, I, I know people who play, uh, 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 I know five people. They spend at least 90 to $100 every day playing um the lottery, the number. Every day, they spend $90, $100 playing the lottery every day. I mean, it, you know, everybody want to get rich. And I see so many people walking out of the store with a lottery ticket. It's crazy. I mean, that's they plan to get rich by hitting the lottery. One in a million. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. It's crazy that we don't sit back and think about less how we're going to do stuff, what we want to do to, to get it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody... Listen, and the main thing about it is it's crazy why so many people struggle with it is because they don't know who they are. Because if you knew who you were, then you wouldn't have a problem knowing what you're going to do. You know what you love. You know what you like. You know what you want to do when you know who you are. But when you don't, you just out here walking around following the following the, the majority of the people. I mean, you know, you're just following the thing. You see somebody else doing something that looks easy to you, you want to do it. But then once you do it, it's not as easy as you thought it was for you. I mean, or they might have a passion for this. It might look easy to you, but it's not really easy to them because it's something they love to do. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the food truck business. I, everybody want to open a food truck, but let me tell you something. It, it ain't easy. It look good while you're up there cooking and you out there and you might be out there again. It look good, everybody coming around, da-da-da. Man, it's hard work. Hard work. 
But it's a record, though. I love to cook. I got a passion for cooking. So it's, it's like I said, it's different. When somebody on the outside looking in, they might look at it and say it's easy, but then they jump out there and get one, and it's too much for them. You know? But that all comes with knowing who you are. And, you know, the other one is strength. Uh, it includes not only abilities, your abilities, your skills, your talent, also your character, strength, your loyalty, your respect for others, love, learning, emotional, your intelligence, fairness, and even more. But in order for you to even know these character strengths, not the abilities you got. Now, you can say, yeah, I know how to work on a car. Yeah, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, I know how to do that. I mean, but can you take it to another level? Everybody has a talent. But is your talent something that you like to do? I mean, it's not because you did it for so many years now. This is what you feel like you're stuck in. You know what I'm saying? It never, you should never be feeling like that. You should be at any time willing to drop it and go with your heart. Go with yourself, go with your feelings, go with what you love, go with your passion for what you love to do. And you'll never go wrong with that. You'll always win. Go on with what you love to do. Your passion, your spirit, your um stuff you love. So yeah. I just wanted to break that down with y'all guys. And um I'm gonna to go back outside and see if I see these moments one more time. I'm gonna play this driven out for y'all. And um, remind y'all that I don't know if our team is going to be on tomorrow, Tuesday, but he usually is on Tuesday. And um, Wednesday, I think we got Solomon Temple in the morning. Thursday, we got Jessica and Tasia. And Wednesday, we got Independent Sunday, I think. Or Sunday, Independent Sunday. No, yeah, Sunday, we have Raising Independent Thinkers. Um, Thursday, Divine Connection. Um, yeah, when, I, I was right. Wednesday, Solomon Temple, and Tuesday, I came in at 7. And, yeah, Sunday. But, um, and usually on Friday, I came in the show. Um, and uh, I'll play a little ripping ice. God bless you. Our prosperity class series continues. And... I intend to make everybody rich. You too. In every way. So anybody that does not want to be rich in every way, you'd better hurry and get to heaven out of here. I don't want to be rich all by myself. What did Jesus say? I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And what was his mission statement? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to who? The poor. What is the gospel? The God spell. The good spell. The healing spell. The rich spell. 
the joy spell. You see, every mind is under some kind of spell. But the beauty of this teaching is that it makes us aware that we may choose our spells. I remember growing up in South Carolina in the country and people would make the expression, I had a spell of sickness. Did you ever hear that? You know, people were greater metaphysicians than they ever realized. Now that is a fact. A spell. Rockefeller's under a spell. I, and when I figured that out, I got right under that same spell. Let me hear you say, learn, baby, learn. Learn, baby, learn. I figured that out. I said, you know those Rockefellers? They're under a spell. They're under a rich spell. And I want you to know that I have come to put a spell on you. The God spell. The good spell, the healing spell, the rich in every way spell. Now that founder of the Rockefeller fortune, the old man John D. Rockefeller, he put a spell on everybody that would ever be born Rockefeller. You've got to learn how to Study these things and not take all these spells that you don't want. I thank God I got fed up with having the flu every year. Oh, nasty thing. And it's been several years since I had that and I plan never to have it again. Got enough of it. Everybody's got enough of us. I got enough of that. Don't need any more of that. Someone else has said, when you get enough of hell, you'll look for heaven. Got enough of being poor. Got enough of not having money. As I said, the old man Rockefeller, John D., founder of the Rockefeller fortune, he cast a spell on all the Rockefellers. And that spell is still working. Of course, you know, that's over there in the commandments. If you know how to read the Bible and rightly divide the word of truth. The Lord of the law puts a spell on the children unto the third and fourth generation. See, and, and especially those of you who are parents... Take note of what kind of spell you're putting on your children. You ought to bring them to the business of living. Even if they don't know what the heaven's being talked about intellectually. Bring them. Bring these kids to the business of living. 
I'm on the subject. I'm on prosperity. I remember in Boston, Massachusetts some years ago, we were at this exclusive restaurant eating. And I saw some other rich folks <laughs> and rich kids sitting around the table over there. And there was just a certain way that they acted. That's why I tell you, and please hear this, when a baby is born, if you want to give something, give some kind of monetary certificate, interest-bearing certificate. The child will know this subconsciously and be diligent about what kind of spells you cast on the children that are around you. Not just around you physically, but that are around you mentally. That's another thing about the mind, you know. Every mind is a spell caster. Be sure that you do not cast witchcraft, but rather rich craft. I got that testimony in San Diego, California, Oh, I guess about 15 years ago or better when a lady got up and was told how her teenage son had been sick for some with something and he couldn't play football in high school and all this, that and the other. And so she brought him to one of my meetings in Philadelphia and he was healed. And she said, you know, she it took her a while before she would uh, attend Reverend Ike's meetings because she said, uh, people had said, well, you know, Reverend Ike uses witchcraft. The other lady got up and said, no, Reverend Ike doesn't use witchcraft. Reverend Ike uses rich craft. It was Reverend Kate Jemina, then of San Diego. I heard from her. Not too long ago, she sent me a message just down in Florida. But every mind is always casting a spell. When you get on the subway, you're casting a spell. You walk down the street, you're casting a spell. You're always transmitting and receiving energy. Always. There's always an exchange of energy. That's why the book tells us, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And if you are attuned to God, good, love, Holy Spirit, divine mind, that is the kind of energy you will be transmitting. And that will be all that you can receive. Devil can't even get to you. In a figure of speech to be fundamentalistic for a moment, every time the devil tries to get to you, it'll be just like those electric fences that we used to put around the pasture in the south. And he'll get a shock every time that sucker tries to get you. And remember now, I'm, I'm speaking in a figure of speech, fundamentalistically for a moment, and that there is an old gospel song that they sang down south, Jesus, be a fence all around me every day. Oh, that's spiritual and it's literal. And you see, your thoughts create this type of fence around you. Dr. Tony Mitchell has got a name for that. 
What is it? Come on up here and tell us. Give him a hand. Your thoughts just create something around you. And I want him to tell us what he calls it. In the Silver Mind Method, the science of mental creation is based upon your ability to shut out from the human mind sense of self, shutting in with the divine sense of self, the kingdom of God within which Jose Silva, through his research, considered to be the alpha dimension of brainwave activity, or theta, if you want to get even deeper, at which point the energy that you project manifests like a magnet drawing everything necessary for it to come into physical manifestation. So the very thoughts, the feelings, the attitudes that you think with go out at the time you think them to begin attracting to you whatever it is you want. That's why when we're like teaching, it's important that when you're programming or praying for something, that you feel as if you already have it because of the spiritual dimension of mind, the moment you take possession of that mentally, you already do have it in consciousness. And it's only uh, in terms of waiting for the physical world to catch up to the reality of you already having what, you, what you're praying for. So that's how it manifests powerfully and excellently. Thank you, young fella. All right, now you be sure that you, you come to his sessions because we bring him in here for a purpose because you see when he teaches you how to go to level you establish yourself in an energy field now you see here's another term I use that I'm going to call him back let me everybody say energy field I want you to have an understanding you see everybody really is established in an energy field is it positive and loving or is it negative and you see, you send out, you broadcast from that energy field. And also, you receive from that energy field. Scientifically, there is an energy that surrounds your body called a corona discharge. Through certain types of specialized photography called Carillion photography, the energy field around your body can actually be photographed. And you can see it on a Carillion photographic plate. And when you surround yourself with the highest vibratory frequency in the universe, which is love, then you create, yes, an energy field around you. Nothing can come into your field but that that you vibrate to and resonate with, and nothing can come out of your mind except that divine loving spirit. It's like magnet, magnetic energy. If you're, if you're magnetic towards divine love, the only thing that you can attract is that love, success, goodness of God, everything, evil or negative things can't even get into your energy field. They'll, they'll be repulsed away. They'll be, they'll be just pushed away, and they won't even know why. Um, I, I was once in a class years ago, about seven, eight, eight years ago, with um, as a prosperity class at the Science of Mind Church downtown, and they said that they, they did a study. They had a freshly minted coin, silver dollars, and they had a group of rich people handle the money and, you know, just handle it and look at it for about two or three minutes and put it back. And a group of people who were limited, like poor people, scarcity-minded people, handle it and look at it, put it back. When they photographed the two coins, they saw a radiant discharge, because everything has an electromagnetic energy field, had a, a discharge, which was a kind of a bright, radiant energy around 
the coin, like in a circular form, but the other one had a very dull, fragmented type of energy around it, which really proves that we do have this energy around us and that we, this energy impresses and is infused in those things which we handle. So yeah, and, and you know, a sensitive person, this is why a sensitive person can take your watch. Psychometry. Mm -hmm. The vibrations you have are Im embedded and impressed in the jewelry, the watches, the rings, anything you have on your, on your physical person. Even your clothing. Now you see you are getting the, a scientific explanation of what happened with the prayer cloth is with Paul. That prayer cloth is a point of contact from which Reverend Ike infuses all of his consciousness, his energy, his belief systems. And when you take that into your possession and walk with it and, and, and sleep with it and, and have it on your person, you begin to attract that very same energy to you. That's why so many people have gotten blessed with the prayer cloth. Scientifically, that's what, what happens. But the Lord has taken foolish things to puzzle the wise, and scientifically, it's true. And as time goes on, we'll find more and more of uh, the research coming out of quantum physics and uh, subatomic particle physics validating what Reverend Ike has been doing for years and years and years. And medical science does not laugh at things that they used to laugh at before. Like you take, for example, the laying on of hands. That's the impartation of energy. But of course, you know, you better be careful when you do laying on of hands because it works both ways. You know, that's why when anybody claims to have demons or devils and things like that, I'll talk to them. <laughs> I ain't touched them. <laughs> just thinking now, I don't think even Jesus laid hands on those. He just cussed them out. Yeah. Come out! <laughs> You blankety blank blank. <laughs> I've seen very powerful preachers get into trouble because they got into demonology too much. You got to watch it. You see, it is so literally true as a mind thinks. And if they're preachers or churches and so on, where they're always talking about the devil. Oh, you better run, run, run. Oh, you better run, run, run. You better run, run, run. You better run to the city of refuge. You better in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's another way of saying what we've been saying. There is a place in consciousness. There is a place of vibratory affinity where negatives can't get to you. Under the shadow, under the influence of the Almighty One God, good love. Only God, good love, has any influence upon me. Say that. Only God, good love, has any influence upon me. Only God, good love, has any influence upon me. 
Only God, good love, has any influence upon me. See, you're setting yourself up under the influence, under the shadow, under the vibratory influence of the Almighty One. See, that's why the basic thing in truth studies is to come to that point of oneness. You know that basic affirmation, there is but one presence, one power, one mind, one reality, God, one mind, God, the good, divine love, omnipotent. Stay under that one and nothing unlike it can get to you. You remember the Apostle Peter after the day of Pentecost? It is said that all he had to do was walk across Solomon's porch and let his shadow fall over the people. And they were healed and the demons were cast out. That was his spiritual influence, his spiritual vibration. And every one of us is like that to some extent. We all have influence. That's why some people come in somewhere and everybody gets depressed. <laughs> Go to visit somebody, you feel it's a downer. Stay the hell away from those guys. But you see, our prayers and meditations and study bring us into a place of consciousness. God, good, love, Holy Spirit, consciousness that becomes a fence around us. The mystics call it the ring pass not. I'm going to have you repeat that three times. The ring pass not. I want you to understand, the devil can't kill you. Now you remember in that allegory, that story of Job, and you have to really understand that, or you come up with all kinds of strange interpretations, but Satan was given permission to do everything to Job except kill him. And even Job's wife said, oh man, you just might as well give up. Go on and curse God and die so I can collect this insurance. <laughs> See, that's what a lot of people didn't know. She had him insured. He had a lot of insurance on him. Hanging around here, sick as a dog, he ain't no good to me. I lost a big house and the cars and all my charge accounts have been closed. Die, sucker, so I can collect this insurance. And, you know, people who have a large insurance like that, when they do pass on, you know, there's a big investigation. Make sure there was no foul play. Matter of fact, before they issue those big insurances like that, there's a lot of investigation. I know that for a fact. Right after I got married, I decided that I had increased my duty and responsibility. I had a wife. 
And I've seen so many preachers kick off and leave their wives and families in a bad condition. And I thought that that was very irresponsible. So I said to my wife, I said, call the insurance, some insurance people here. I want to get some insurance on me in case I decide to take off before you do. You can be smiling instead of crying. Well, you think some of these women are crying about carrying on at the... And left them in a mess with all those bills and debts and all them children. See, that's why I try to teach you the science of living, the business of living. Anybody who's going to get married, you ought to go to the financial planner. You ought to go to Planned Parenthood. You can't just be having them children. Them suckers are expensive. They want new pair of sneakers every week. They want them designer britches that hang halfway off of their axe. They want them diamond earrings hanging out of their earlobe. Little kids. Now anybody who's thinking about getting married ought to first of all go, go to a financial planner and go to Planned Parenthood. My granddaughter Norzon, that last high school she went to, cost more in a year than my entire academic career. That's why I told them, and they all went to college. I don't want to see any C's. People have never been taught to live. And you women have to take the lead. Because you're the one that carried them babies. Better teach your daughters. I'm still in the prosperity class. You can establish such a positive field around you, a prosperity energy field. That's what the Bible means when it says, Whatsoever he does shall prosper. You'll get the I can't help it prosperity. Glory to God. Stand up and shout that three times and sit back down and say, I got the I can't help it prosperity. Oh, I got the I can't help it prosperity. Oh, I got the I can't help it. I got the I can't help it prosperity. Now, I'm serious, people. The old man Rockefeller that started telling you about also, the, who founded the Rockefeller fortune, he put a whammy on every Rockefeller that will ever be born. So they can't help it. I was reading a book about them, and there was one Rockefeller lady that rejected her Rockefeller inheritance. She had such a social conscience. Oh, damn. That she didn't think it was right for her and the Rockefellers to be so rich while other people were being poor. And so she just rejected it. But her money just keeps piling up there anyway. Just like all of you. While you live in poor, your treasure in heaven is still drawing interest. 
Now, the fact of the matter is nobody has any more of anything than you have. It's just that you've got to access it. You have got to get 